0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai.
1: There's joy in every journey.
2: McFarland, we've never needed you more than right now at this moment. Right, Fellas? We never needed to shout McFarland more than at right
1: this moment. I might need a McFarland shock through my system after watching these games. Oh my d- god. D- delicious
2: delicious I thought you could say a McFarlane shake it's like well
1: I'll take that too
2: <laughs> uh because nothing nothing tastes better than a, a good old dose of McFarlane and by the way have you guys had the grimace happy birthday shake
1: no I is haven't. it purple
2: it is purple yes
1: what does it taste like I don't know
2: like the, you think this body this sort of body ingests something like that come on
1: Sounds what, healthy. so what, what so hold on a McFarlane shake brought your mind to the grim. What's it? The grimace. Happy birthday shake.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all I've been. Every time I pass by McDonald's, I see HBD grimace. Oh, and they're doing like a special purple shake. So there you go.
1: Okay. (laughs) So it's like the, uh, the ad. I always see is the, uh, the, what's it called? All-star closer. You guys see those ones everywhere. All-star closer. Why don't see those everywhere. It's, uh, Morgan and Morgan, the law firm. The
2: oh, oh, the Morgan and Morgan guy. Yeah. 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 Well, they could use uh, they could use Morgan and Morgan. They could use whatever that because you need uh, influx of new blood. So put uh, John Morgan or whatever his name is, who's dressed up in a uniform, Red Sox uniform on those billboards in the Red Sox lineup. Do something. You got to do something. Fellas, Um, let's. I'll just say this. I'll, I'll just let, give the floor as yours. Sammy, I'll let you go first. What do you got? What do you got?
0: I'm just stuck. I'm stuck on that bottom of the eighth inning. And I know we were just all talking about it. I don't understand it. And I can't make it make sense. No matter how many times I go over it in my head. Let's go back. So Kike hits a ground ball to third. Segura boots it. Kike's on first. Pinch run with David Hamilton. Why is David Hamilton on the team? To run fast and steal bases. Then Connor Wong comes up, and on the first pitch, he bunts. And results aside, what are you doing? You got the fastest guy on the team on first, and you're just going to have him stand there, and you're going to try to sacrifice bunt him over to second? Why not steal? Why not wait a pitch to bunt? Why not let him steal second base and then swing away? If he gets thrown out, he gets thrown out, but he's there to steal. and so Then he has Wong bunt. I don't know who called it. I don't know if it was Wong's doing core is doing whoever but whoever asked for him to bunt i don't know what's going on and of course he pops it up and arrives at first base catches it then verdugo strikes out and turner flies out you get nothing out of that inning you would have tied the game up if you scored but i just cannot for the life of me figure out that decision making i don't know if you guys got anything on it but i'm like i cannot get over that i'm still stuck in the bottom of the eighth inning of this game
1: all right gordo what do you got no, it, just in response to that, I I agree. It's inexplicable. I would not. What I if I if it were up to me, what I would have done, I would have sent him pretty much instantly, Dave Roberts style. You just you put him in the game. Everyone knows he's going. I don't care if you got a slide-stepping lefty on the mound. David Hamilton is probably the fastest guy in the organization, unless you want to say Jaron Duran is. But David Hamilton is definitely the best base stealer in the organization. That's what he's there to do. And I know that Connor Wong has been striking out frequently to to say the least lately so i i get why he or they are trying to do something different but you just have to be smart in those spots you just it's frustrating because if this team were playing like a real baseball team they wouldn't be in a spot where they're down one nothing when their pitcher takes a no hitter into the 8th and you have to be playing this fantastic situational baseball just to even squeeze a tie game going into the ninth out of it like they should be they should be scoring runs like I know the Marlins have a great staff but they should be scoring runs and when your pitcher takes a no hitter into the eighth the thought process should be like what happened with the Yankees last night like Domingo Herman has a perfect game in the ninth and there's no there's no thought process to the game the game's over they they've scored double digit runs the thought process is is this guy going to finish the job but Brian Bayo out there loses his no hitter and everyone everyone wants to give him a standing ovation and he's out there like, give me the ball. Like, let's go. It's zero zero. Like, he's the one who's locked in on the game. Like, he he knows what's at stake. But these guys just, they haven't played good baseball lately. And it, and it puts you in a position where you get a guy on first. You get a gift from Gene Segura to get Kike Hernandez on first, where you pinch run for him with, with David Hamilton. And you have to play perfect situational ball to force these games in your favor. And they just haven't done it. They didn't do it tonight.
2: All right. Here's my takeaway. I, I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. I don't just certainly don't disagree with the idea that you have Hamilton, you give him at least a couple pitches to see if he can steal, and then you go from there. You, and then you, you, you even listen, I mean, even with two strikes, Juan gets two strikes, the amount of times that he's been striking out and swinging and missing. If he, I would even have a problem if you got Hamilton to second. And you tried bunting with one with two strikes. And if he strikes out, so be it. I, I don't even have a problem with that. But you've got to give him a couple pitches. That's just science. So I think the the overall takeaway, and I don't think any, a lot of people, enough people are, are saying this, which is when you go up against a team like the Marlins, and I kind of felt this way even when the Pirates came to town and smacked the Red Sox around, I look at the two teams, I'm like, the Marlins are a better team. The Marlins are a more talented team. Like, this isn't a fluke. The Marlins have better pitchers. The Marlins have more athletes. The Marlins probably have a better, like, top-to-bottom lineup. They certainly have guys that you know have a better idea that you know what they're going to do at the plate, obviously starting with Arise and then going to Solaire and then going with some other guys. They are a better team. Like, right now, what you have, they are a better team. They're a more talented team. And until people get their head around that, like you aren't going to be able to to like un- truly understand what's going on with these Red Sox, and that's what I mean. I mean you're you've already sort of you've taken on water as I wrote today. It's like you're trying to patch the holes in the boat, but the land you it is so far away. Like we we had Chris Sale, great Chris Sale. He he might be able to come back on August third. Trevor Story, right around then, my, is my guess too. Tanner, how? Who knows? But with all those guys, that's more than a month away. That's more than a month away, and you're getting smacked around by teams that not only are beating you, but I, you guys tell me if I if I'm if I'm misguided here. I Absolutely look at not. the Mar, I look at the Marlins; they're a better team, and I don't think yeah. people want to accept that. And and, and I, it's not only the Marlins; it's a lot of these teams that have come in. Yeah. You know, were the Red Sox a better team when they played the Yankees? Probably, but they hit the Yankees at the low point. I mean, this. You know, I still don't think the Yankees. I think the Marlins are a better team than the Yankees, too. By the way. So anyway, I, I, I just I think there's a devoid of talent on this team right now, and I don't think people. We're
0: so in the middle of it. I don't think people truly understand that. Anyway, there I you agree. Go. I agree. There's definitely not enough talent on the team, but two things can be true. They need more talent, but they have more than enough talent to be scoring one run per game over their last four games. They've scored four runs in four games. That is well, okay. So unfathomable.
2: So, so you're right, you're right. And we've seen this like you have the eight game win streak, you have the six game win streak, you have these runs by the offense. But here's the problem, and this is sort of where we're at, because I still think, I, I truly believe this, that if you if you make the right additions and then you get those guys back, the American League is still sitting there. There's no, like, dominant team. Mm-hmm. But the I think the problem is when you say they should be scoring more runs, well, this is what's flawed with the construction of this team. You have guys who are good – but you don't know that they're going to be able to be great all the time, consistent all the time. And I hate to keep coming back to it, but you look at previous Red Sox lineups, even in 2021, you had an idea what those guys were going to do, right? You had an idea. Right now, okay, like, I, Yoshi, is, Yoshida is perceived as probably your second or third best hitter. We still don't know what he is. We have no idea what he is. I, I mean, I don't. He's he's great sometimes, and I know the numbers since the late April have been really, really good. But when he gets up there, do you feel like he's going to do something good? I don't know. Half the time, maybe? And, yeah. and Vertugo, I mean, I think he's a really important guy, but he's a good player, not a great player. Devers, we all know what this this version of Devers has been. It's been a weird version. It's been certainly not the, the, the same sort of vibe that we have in years past. Justin Turner's a good player, but he's a good player. He shouldn't be hitting a guy who's asked to be hitting third and fourth and whatever it is on this team being carried a team. He shouldn't be that guy. Like, I, I can go down the list. And so it comes back to me. With the construction of this team, and and I know that the idea is, oh, next year they'll have it, or the year after they'll have it. They never had this certainty. And they ne- they've never. They still don't have the certainty. And so I don't know. I mean, that's just how I look at. It.
1: No, because- I, no, you're you're absolutely right. And I I just I always like to think back at what we said before the season. And one thing we said in the off was, for this this team could be good. They they have a chance to play meaningful games at the end of the season but everything needs to go right. Like they have a they have an offense that can hit 1 to 9 if certain guys play up to their capabilities like at least above the 50% you know of outcomes and guys stay healthy. But you know Trevor Story goes down before the season and the guy you get to replace him goes or stays down. I don't want to say goes down, he stays down. You're you're basically on plan E at shortstop and you've got 3 dead spots in the lineup guaranteed every single night because you haven't gotten any offensive production from second base. You haven't gotten any offensive production from shortstop. And for the most part, you haven't gotten any offensive production from catcher. So you've well, got three it, it, you, positions right there. And then yeah. if Kike plays the outfield, the only place where he can give you any value. Now you've got four dead spots in the lineup. It's just, it's not, it's not a recipe for success. And well, other, yes.
2: It, yeah. And also like you're right, Gordo. And, and, Duvall isn't near the player that he was before. Yeah, you know we thought maybe he was coming out of it. I think it was the Sunday's game in Chicago. Where he hit yeah. the homer. Not, yeah, he's not near the player. It's not Minnesota.
1: Am I? Am I wrong? What? What's up? No, I. I just, he hit the homer in Minnesota. He hit two doubles in Chicago. You're right. No, no, it he, looks he like he was coming out of point. it.
2: Yeah, yeah. But 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 yeah. again, like when these guys get up, how do you feel? And and I do think that Miami has an insanely good amount of good pitching. I actually think the White Sox have a lot of good pitching too. But it doesn't make a difference. Let's go back to Yoshida. Like, I I am so conflicted on this guy. I am so conflicted on this guy. I think he's a good hitter. But I cannot figure him out. There's sometimes where he looks like the worst hitter I've ever seen. Where he Mm -hmm. he does the bailing out thing. Sometimes he does the bailing out thing and he hits a line drive the other way for a hit. Other times he misses about like three feet. It's I, I I I'll come back to. I think I did nail my comp for him early on, and maybe I'm proven to be wrong. But I said he's not. This is not the same player, but the same sort of role, the same sort of level. JD Drew was a good player. JD Drew was a good player with better players around him. And he was like really good compliment to that team. I think Yushida is of that ilk. He's a good player, but you don't win with Yoshida being your second or third best hitter. I don't think.
0: And It's the same I, thing I with Turner,
1: too. It's like you agreed. said before with Turner. Like, either of them you could say is possibly their second best hitter right now. And doesn't matter who it is. You're not going to win with that.
0: Yeah. And ideally, when you look at Yoshida's contract, he's kind of being paid like a third or fourth best bat in the lineup. So you hope that they add someone somehow eventually. Not this year, I don't think, but maybe for next year, that would push him, you know, a little bit down in the order. Not that he's not a guy who can hit two through five. I just don't want to be relying on him every night. And I've kind of noticed, you can kind of tell the night he's going to have after his first at-bat. He looks either locked in or completely lost in his first at-bat. And so tonight, kind of figured after missing two games after getting hit by a pitch and you're facing... Lazardo figured it would be tough on him tonight, but sheesh, he did not look good. It's just you know who they need right now? Manny
1: Ramirez.
2: Kyle Schwarber.
1: Uh, he just popped up on the bottom of my screen as fourth in the NL in Homers with 20 Homers. Yeah, so I know they could he, use a 20 Homer guy. I
2: know he stinks in the field. Well, guess what? You know, Yoshida stinks in the field too. So I mean it's before we like say like I know that like he has a negative Schwarber has a negative war. All I'm saying is. Yeah, yeah, he stinks in the field. It's fine, but you what you need? You need bats. You need like you need what you need is you need a viable starting pitcher, because right now you have three and a half in the rotation, and and by the well, by the way, you're you're praying that the strings holding together. James Paxton, hold up <laughs> on Canada Day. Oh my
0: God, this could get so much worse tomorrow. Twenty-four hours could, from now, it could be bad. <laughs> oh my, the season could be buried twenty-four hours from now. Yeah, By the way, Kyle, Kyle Shore was hitting one eighty-eight. Just. Not well,
2: sure. I don't care. He, we come here and he hit like eight hundred. I mean,
0: I know I'm kidding.
2: What's Pepper the OPS? monster, Sammy Pepper the what's monster. His, what's his OPS? It's I bet it's like it's like eight hundred, right? Got it. Seven sixty. Yeah, and he has how many home runs? Twenty.
0: What a
1: weird care. player! Yeah, he's a weird, a weird player. player. He's like he's like a better version of what Do- of what Josh Donaldson's given the Yankees this year. What what is it like? He's has like ten hits and seven are
0: homers or yeah, something d- crazy maybe, like that.
2: Maybe I guess what I'm talking about is the Kyle Schwarber that was playing for the Red Sox a couple of years ago.
0: Well, that would be great. Give me that. Josh Donaldson hitting 139. <laughs> oh, he's ten hits, seven homers. You're right. Wow, what a weird player. Weird we, uh, tonight but but uh I mean I just I said this the
2: other day man like I just they just it's it's like it just felt it felt even like the other day like after coming out of Chicago you need to do something it just feels like that and I think they even the the, the team the, the weird thing is guys players on teams they're the last to recognize their deficiencies. Because they see, I was talking with a player about this yesterday. And I said, you know, you guys see, your guys' job is to see the best in each one of you. So you're, I, you go through that clubhouse. I've heard this multiple times in the last couple of days. We're good. We're good. We're good. I, we just, just hang on. We're good. Yeah, that's your job, to see the best. It's our job to see, or it's, put it this way, maybe it's talk radio jobs to see the worst, and it's our job to see somewhere in between. But but they're always gonna see the best. We're a good team, we're a good team, we're a good team. But I can tell you, Carlos Santana Day should have been a reminder for everybody. Seventeen and four after acquiring a guy when you're six games under. Sometimes it just hits right. And that's how it feels with this team, because they are taking on water.
1: It's and- we talk about we talk about the potential, like the Carlos Santana type move, and I know that a big part of that is just sending the right message and and you know vibe boost. You know they're they're in the gutter and you 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 lift them out. But I mean, the more I think about it, just like watching this team, like I feel I feel like we agreed previously that this team need if this team is going to make a move right now, it's got to be to plug that fifth spot in the starting rotation. Literally, yeah, plug two it the body.
2: two two get a starter.
1: And get a bat, right? I that's where I was going with this is you you can't it can't be one because if if you if you have a fifth starter, insert him into this series like or, or in any series lately, and you're still gonna lose games what four to one like and then if you get the bat, then that fifth start if you just get the bat then that fifth starter or that that fifth rotation spot's gonna come up every five days and Caleb Ward's gonna start and you're gonna try to piece it together but those games are more often than not gonna be losses like this team. Is two moves away from being viable, and it's and it's the end of June, and they all, need I, them all now. I know
2: is all I know is this is that with if you just keep going the way you're going, it's malpractice. Yeah, because because you have a team that you're just letting drown, you're letting sink, you're just hoping you're hoping and hoping the process pays off, and and all of that you but we all know like that's not working you're not good enough you are not good enough it, right now as we sit here, you are not good enough and you cannot just let the process and picking up uh the dude um I would butcher his name uh the
0: the Nelson lamet yes, oh yeah,
2: okay you like it's you know I, I get it you're you're still trying to pick up guys and if we tweak this and we tweak that, we might get this guy or that guy. This is it. This is this is fork in the road. Uh, end of the month. This is fork in the road. Canada Day. Canada Day. Mark it right here. Can, let let it be said. Let it be done. Canada Day is a fork in a road for the Boston Red Sox.
0: Rob, I had a question for you guys. I agree they need to get two players: a starting pitcher and a bat. Starting pitcher is pretty simple. What position does the bat play? Because it's not going to be a shortstop. You got story coming back soon soon-ish. second base. How many difference-making second basemen are available right now? The only other spot I could think of is center field. It's like, where does this bat even go? First, base. it has to be. No, I, I think it has to be anything you can get in the middle
1: infield. Middle infield. Rob Casas has been good. Like yeah. he, he, has been only hitting. Guy who's, he's you know, like well, the only
2: guy who's been I don't hitting. Know if you this know game. this, he hasn't played. And if if he's, if he's good, he hasn't played in the last what two days.
1: That's that's a gripe that I I actually think. I'm ready to bring up because I know the stats, Sammy. I think you posted this on Twitter, so you you might have the numbers off the head better than me about his stats against lefties this year. It's not that great. Yeah, what is it, like a sense. six?
0: It was like a six ninety nine OPS or something like that. Ninety nine OPS, and he's hitting one eighty nine, and then also couple that with Lizardo. I think they're hitting one thirty something off of him lefties with a four thirty four. Yeah, well,
2: listen, I mean the, the this is the problem is that is you're right. And and so, okay, we're like, we're fixing the defense, but Justin Turner, God bless him, isn't exactly Doug Mankiewicz, you know? So, so you're, you're (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, and this is, we, we, we focus on the bats, and we should, because they can't hit, but this defense thing, which I know Alex Cora will bring to the top of the list every single time. It's also a very real thing. So how do you fix that? That's unfixable. Well, it, it's, it's too not many guys. It's not unfixable because but the problem is because I do think, you know, if Trevor Story's arm is okay, go back and look I looked up this the other day. 2019 he was an insanely good shortstop.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be huge. I keep saying this team the exact player they how need do we know? is Trevor Story. They need defense up the middle. Right. Okay. Right-handed so, back, right. Shaker. But again, Can't. I, pull out your pull out your
2: baseballs and boring calendar. Your Brad show calendar find out how many days till Trevor, till Trevor story realistically come back. And that's the it's problem. Many.
1: Again, yeah,
2: again, again, just to sit there and ride this out. Like they're rotting it out is it's malpractice. You can't do this. You can't function this way. You just I can't.
1: A, I have a question for you though, because, because you really have two options because with the way this team looks and what their record says and how far out they are, you could go out there right now and pay the price which is going to be steep to get not just one but two additions at key spots where lots of teams have needs particularly with the pitching like you could pay the steep price and do it that doesn't guarantee you're getting anywhere and that's where this front office stands is they have to decide whether they're gonna like you said rob let this ship sink because doing nothing you might as well just start selling because the ship is gonna sink if you do nothing or you pay way 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 above market price to get these moves done now to give yourself a shot it's a it's a tough question and honestly i i wonder if and when they would ever consider going into job saving mode because in my opinion that's the only scenario where they would pay that price is if is if heim bloom or anyone else in that front office is afraid of losing their job if this season continues to trend in the way
0: it's it's been trending It's so tough. And I keep every day, I don't know, Gordo, if you've seen, I've been doing this little thing on Twitter where I post like trade idea of the day. (laughs) And after like four days, I'm already running out of names. So that's the rock in a hard place. They've got to do something. Two things we've agreed on now. Last last episode, we were kind of like, they need a starter. Now we're like, they definitely need a bat. And there's nobody available. It's like, it's crazy. The Rockies would have been a great team to take guys from. All their guys are hurt and they're not going to trade McMahon. It's crazy. There's such few options, but they desperately need two players. It's so... I have no clue what's going to happen. Well, I mean, what
2: what you could do, what you could do, if you could give the perception of selling, and then you give the perception of selling, and you get young players who you, you, maybe you value the AAA level players, and you say, okay, you know what? We're going to give them a whirl. Because why not? (laughs) You know, if you can find, if you can find a middle infielder, who's maybe, you know, in a log jam for a team that needs something, needs, let's say, that needs put it this way, needs Adam Duvall, okay? Adam Duvall for a A AAA middle infielder who's in a log jam somewhere, that's the type of deal because it can't get any worse. You can't keep playing
0: these guys who you're playing. You just can't. It doesn't make Rob, any this sense. Will be, this will be my assignment. I'm going to find that contender that needs Adam Duvall. And then I'm going to figure out which one of those contenders that need Duvall has an almost major league ready player who plays middle infield. I
2: mean, I I think, I mean, this, I'm doing this off the top of my head and I'm probably being stupid, but I'm just thinking this is, this is the only app because first of all, they love, they rather trade for those guys. You know that he wants to trade for those guys. You know that he wants to trade for those guys. He wants to because that builds something for the future. Because with all these deals, usually they're looking for guys with at least some semblance of control beyond being a rental. You're almost never going to get a rental. I mean, Schwarber was such an outlier. So um, yeah, so there you go. That's my that's my only solution
1: for you, fellas. Sorry, well, it's it, the way I look at it. and you No, know, when you guys are right. And you don't even necessarily have to find like the perfect match. Like you. Bring in a third team or make separate trades or whatever but you know eduardo escobar gets his sa- entire salary gets picked up and the value of him is the angels number 19 and 20 prospects the way i see it if you trade kike hernandez or adam duvall and or no I'll, let's just stick with kike because i think duvall has more value than that if you trade kike hernandez you eat up his entire whatever's left of that 10 million dollar salary you should be able to get a comp get comparable value to that and Duvall should be able to get you a little bit more so yeah I mean that win or lose like unless you're going full-blown sell mode like that's what this deadline is going to have to entail anyway because they can't add guy they can't just add like every time we we think about making an acquisition or bringing a guy up because we need some sort of left-handed pitcher we all talk about the 40-man crunch who are they going to have to DFA and they they've had to DFA good players they've had they've Rymal Ryan Maltapia was here and, and they lost him for nothing so these trades are going to have to have to happen anyway. Like Kike, either Kike Arroyo, Duvall, like some of these guys are going to have to go. And like even if you're even if you're ready to throw in the towel, even if you're not, Jaron Durant should be playing every day in center field. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. whether you're buying or selling, like he should I'm, be
0: your center fielder. I'm still on the fence with the Casas thing. Like I mentioned, I get why Cora did it, but I kind of feel the same way. Like why not just why not just play him? If you want to give him a night off against Lizardo, fine, but. You know, kind of have some foresight. Don't give them the game before that off too. It's just frustrating. So, uh, can I go yeah. back
2: to my original statement, which is, you know, we're tying ourselves in the knots trying to figure this out. And at the end of the day, what, where we've landed with almost every team that they're playing, is that they're not as good as the other teams. They're not. The talent doesn't match up. The pitching doesn't match up. The I mean, and top from to bottom, top to bottom. Yeah, you know, Kenley's having a good year. Chris Martin's having a good year. You know, Bayo, obviously. But I'm talking about, from top to bottom, the the rotations, the entirety of the bullpens, the lineups, like the the foundation guys in these lineups, the complementary guys in these lineups. And by the way, the complementary guys in this lineup for the Red Sox, you want a reason why they aren't hitting? I mean, Connor Wong, it's not a mystery, man. He's never played this much, and it was a perfect dynamic with Reese McGuire. That dynamic went out the window, and now this is what's happening with Connor. Juan. Um it, it's just it is I just feel like I'm just looking at these teams, and I'm like, oh my goodness, they're they're more talented. They're just more talented across the board. So deeper,
1: they're deeper, and they're they have deep. they have more talent at the top. And I yeah, you're. I might, I, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit here because Ooh. Ooh, because,
2: it. you know, is sponsored is this McFarland soapbox.
1: Yeah, this, this soapbox is sponsored by McFarland energy. Is, actually.
2: So you're getting on your air conditioner.
1: Yeah, I'm getting on my air conditioner box. All right. right? <laughs> so we, we all agree. We're all sitting here agreeing that this Red Sox team is not as talented as the teams they're playing. And they have to make multiple moves to get there and to even have a chance. And to be honest with you, in most seasons like say the the year after let's say 2014 you know they they bring out this team in 2014 the year after you win the world series and they play the way they've played i i i don't know about about you guys but what i would be saying is i don't know if they have it like maybe it's time to retool re, not not rebuild but retool for next year but the issue at this point and and it definitely stings from a management perspective too but they they fell out of it last year You know, officially, basically, after like two a week or two after the deadline, you know they were kind of falling; they were falling out of it at the deadline last year, and they fell out of it soon after. As a fan, as management, you then wait eight long months to have the opportunity to watch a competitive baseball team again. Like you, you think you like? I remember last August. Like the second I was like, "Okay, this is done." I whipped out my computer and I started put putting together like a spreadsheet of. What moves I would make in with, with for the Red Sox this offseason, all this money coming off the books, what should they do? And like, I'm thinking all of this stuff and like all, all of it is, is really just get me to freaking April 1st, like get me to opening day. And you wait those eight months, this long winter. And great, there was no lockout this winter. So it was a little bit easier than last time, but you, you wait all this time just to get to opening day and you get there. And now it's been April, May, and now we're not even through June. And we're basically at that same exact point where we were at in July, at the end of July last year, where it's you either you either put up or shut up right now. Like this okay. is it.
2: Let me remind you of something too, that when the year ended, all we heard was this: that we're gonna for the first time in Heimblum's Bloom's era, we're gonna have money to spend. We're gonna have money to I, with Sam Kennedy. I mean. If I had a nickel for every time he said that, I would absolutely have a dollar.
1: I forgot so, about that. They did uh, say that a lot. I, I mean, totally forgot for the about
2: first that. time, we're going to have money to spend. And and I through as you're going throughout the offseason, you're reminded of that. And you know what? They did spend money. And I'm not even talking about Devers. If you add it up for the, the amount of contracts that are owed, for new guys that are owed, It was like they spent like, they added like $75, $80 million. They spent like $75, $80 million on new guys.
0: For this year. For this year. year, For this year. Like on annual annual value. Yeah, yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. So they did. But you can't say, hey, just as Gordo, as you said, season's over. But watch us now. Watch us now. Because whatever they did, and some of the moves have been good. But whatever it is. It's a results business, fellas. It's a results yep. business. And right now, whatever combination – it's like the White Sox, right? You have the, a lot of talent in the White Sox, but for whatever reason, it's not working. For whatever reason, and we've already defined what reasons they it were, it's not working. And, and the last thing I'll say is that – and I wrote about this today. I had I totally forgot, as I'm sitting at my Starbucks at 6 o'clock in the morning trying to think, how, how am I going to describe – or write about this team in a way like covering a, a crappy team in baseball is hard, man. It's it's hard because you can only just keep saying how long they're crappy, you just say the crappy, the crappy, the crappy. And then um, and then maybe they win a game and everyone's like, Oh, how stupid are you? I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Right? I mean, it sucks. But I, I sat there and I'm like, oh my goodness. I think this was right around the time that on in London on the field I talked to John Henry and John Henry was sure enough j- June 29th on the field London talking to John Henry and John Henry goes on to say how you know that they, they have to be better and like they should have turned over the roster more and there was this, is this... 2019 right Rob this is 2019 yeah, yeah 4 years ago yeah 2019 and and you had saying all this stuff and if you go back and look at their record like, they weren't that far out of it. They were having a disappointing year because they had all this talent from the World Series team. But my point is, is that you talk about vibes. The vibe was, this guy is intent on fixing this. This guy's pissed off. He's intent on fixing this. You know what? I, I'm sure that Haim and Brian Halloran and, and all these guys are, are working really hard to fix it. But there was a desperation there, a desperation to fix it there. It certainly does not feel like there's a desperation to fix this right now. And you know what happened after they after that? They came back from London? They went on a run. They won a bunch of games. And actually, when they got to, I believe it was July 27th, they were a half game out of the wild card heading into the trade deadline. And then they lost eight in a row and they were done. But the point is, is that there was a des—I mean—and and this is such a, this is such a surface level take. I know because it's like, well, okay, there is desperation. Well, what do you do? You just come out and say we're desperate. All I can tell you is that I do feel like the the vibe and the intent and the the mantra of the—and maybe this is where John Henry has to get back out there and say, we got to fix this this year, guys. Enough. Which he isn't going to do, but there had it does it feels the opposite of desperate right now, and I just look back at that moment as sort of the the what you know what they're missing. Anyway, there you go.
0: Yeah, I wonder. But that, I, wonder, that wonder leads. They, I wonder if internally they feel like, listen, if we just let this ride out, you'll have Meyer story, blah blah blah, and they're just content waiting. And no, that, because there's a, because nervous. there
2: has to be there has to be Sammy. We don't know because John Henry's, you know, I don't done talks. We don't know because that be, because there has to be some semblance of if we finish last again and this falls apart like it has, then jobs are going to be on the line. I like him a lot. I think he's done a lot of good things, but it's a results business. And when when John Henry said that back in 2019, it was very clear he was not happy with Dave Dombrowski, right? Yeah. He was very clear. Like, we should have turned over the roster. We signed deals that we shouldn't have. I mean, this is like, holy mackerel, you're saying this in the middle of the season. We don't know that. We don't know what John Henry's saying to Heimblum or about Heimblum. We don't. Is he? If, if John Henry came out right now, would he say, hey, you know what, everyone, stay the course, just stay the course, which would tell you exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, see, we'll that's, ride, what, we're what it that's, that's, that's what worries me. Is I, I'm I'm afraid he's going to say stay the course. Which you know I'm confident if they stay the course, things will turn around. But it's going to be ugly. I'd rather them just can't do, man. It's not
1: soon, not soon, it's not, not this year, close. not next year. If you stay the if you stay the course, not only does it not get better this year, it's not going to get better next year, even because we've seen like oh. Casas comes up and he he struggles a little bit. Like that's if and when Meyer comes up in 2024, like. He's a kid. He's a really young kid. Like you can expect the same. And I feel like we've seen like we're, we all wonder what ownership would say if asked these questions. But we've seen it like Tom Werner was at Raphael Devers' press conference and he was asked these questions and he said he talked about how excited he was about the development of the farm system. And I think that shows you what ownership thinks. Ownership wants to ride this out. That's, that's how but I feel. At
2: the, but at the same time, though, Gordo, at the same time I go back to it, they spent money. So they, they, they believe that they spent money on the right things. They believe that they spent enough money to be competitive. And so, like, but, you know, in this ownership, if, if they did come out and say stay the course in the whatever it is, 20 something years that they've been in charge. That is such a departure from everything that they've done, and I, yeah. I I hate that narrative. All they're being torn by soccer teams and hockey teams, and like I don't have a like. You, if you have a business, you want to expand it, it's fine. As long as you're paying the money, as long as you're not like being cheap at on one team. But every single year that they've had something like this happen, there has been a dramatic action. Every single year. Name any year that it didn't. 2014, five aces, you know, that whole thing. Well, you know, we're not going to do that. By the way, in 2015, we're going to get, well, we're going to get Hanley Ramirez. We're going to get Pablo Sandoval. And then when that doesn't work, we're going to fire mm-hmm. Ben Sherrington.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And by the way, now we're going to go get David Price and Craig Gimbrell. And when that doesn't work, we're going to get Chris Sale. And when, that work, when that about- and when that doesn't work, we're going to fire John Farrell. We're going to get Alex Cora. And, you know, so, you know, there has always been – and then, you know, obviously, you know, when 2019, it doesn't work for half a year, half a year. Blown right, up. We're going to yeah. do it completely different. Dave Dombrowski, Well, we how we can't f- possibly have this farm system. We can't possibly have these contracts. We're going to do it so this way because Tampa has, has won so many games. So we're going to do it this way. So we're going to go completely different. Now we're sitting here. The last time they did that, the last time they did the, executed the same thing that they had been executing for 20 years, the last time they did that really has been three or four years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Are they going to just go another two years of, of playing this out? Because, guys, I don't yeah. care if the, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't care if it's Liverpool. I don't care. This is not their M.O. It's
0: not. So... I want to backtrack to me when I meant like run the course that means ride this season out which I don't really like but I get it ride this season out and then do what you did last offseason where you do spend and keep plugging those holes and I feel like if they have I feel like they're an ace a Trevor story and a bad away from being a good team not a great team but a legit contending team The question is, are they actually going to go get that ace? Because we heard the same thing last year. They're going to get an ace. And we wind up with the skeleton of Corey Kluber, who has a 900 ERA. So it's just kind of a, I'm I'm having trust issues. (laughs) Trust issues. You you should be. If they they practiced what they preached, I have no doubt they'd be good. But they haven't. They haven't practiced what they uh, preached. They missed out on getting under the luxury tax last year. That hamstrung them this year. They still spent not as much as they could have. Now we have to see what happens at the deadline this year, which if you're a Red Sox fan, you have to be so nervous about this deadline. It's a huge deadline. And I've heard people kind of, you know, throwing cold water on it going, eh, it's not a make or break deadline. Are you kidding me? This is huge. This is huge for but you, know what you, but,
2: you know what, but here's the problem, Sammy. It is a huge deadline. But enough with the Emmanuel Valdezes. Enough with the uh, the guys that got back from Mitch Borland. You know, enough of even Nick Pavettas. Like, what you need, you need the guys, you you know, you need the guys who are going to be all-stars. You need to find these guys. I look at the trade, um, you know, that there's plenty of examples of of trades where they've been sellers and they got, got, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez was a great trade. That was a great trade. Yeah, but it it took him a while to get up. Right, sure. Yeah, it did. No, it did. I I understand that. Um, But... Look at the – Everyone focused so much on the Marlins, the you know, Lisa Rise trade, which you know took balls anyway from both sides of Pablo Lopez Rise, and so. But how about the AJ Puck trade?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, such good, a, good trade. A, a trade. trade. not doing much in Oakland. He's yeah, right. But but here's but here's the thing. If
2: if the Red Sox, he was what Blade was the fourth overall pick in the draft, the fourth overall pick in the draft. Do you think? That they would the Red Sox. I'm not even talking about Meyer. Just say like that that level prospect. Do you think that they would ever make that trade? And sometimes you just have to like, I want to see the I'm not worried about getting five guys back for one trade. I want to see the guy, I want to see them make the trade for the guy who is going to be the next star. The next star. And that's the thing. Right. So Tell me the tell me the trade that they've made to do that so far because I I can't they
1: haven't they no, haven't. haven't and it's because it's because they I feel like the way that they have attacked the last few seasons it's it's not that they like Dave Dombrowski would see a guy and he would do whatever it took to get the guy that he right thought it's, was it was exactly it's quantity the fit.
2: over quality mm-hmm.
1: yeah this 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 it feels like the last few years it's been we're gonna have a wide variety of guys and as long as we can get good value deals and in either in, in value via trader or dollars via contract signing, if we get good value, it's going to add up and the results are going to be there. But I no, I'm I'm with you though, Rob. I want to see them target a guy. Like it doesn't even necessarily have to. Like yes, I want them to get stars and I want them to have all stars. I want them to make big moves and and all of that. But even even if it's not that type of trade, like that that puck trade, it felt like like they just targeted a guy and said we need to get this guy. And and JJ Bleday is he was a high draft pick for us, but you know he hasn't necessarily. You know, risen up the prospect board rankings like he's like an okay guy, like who knows what he's gonna be. Like maybe he gets there, maybe he doesn't. But we like this guy, so we wanna get this guy. And it's not like it was like they're trading for Aaron Judge. They tried it in, in the, but they I got mean, it, they got their closer. Right. They yeah, got they, a guy. They tried what? Zach Gallen
0: for Jazz Chisholm. I there mean, you go. Again, ballsy moves. Ballsy. We need balls. I, here's one. Nick York. And put all the money aside of the Red Sox can sign whoever. Why would you not trade Nick York? You're blocked. It. You're, you're getting, you. Marcella Myers ahead of him. Trevor Story's going to move back to second base. He's blocked. Why would you not trade him? That's a huge trade chip. Sidon Rafaela, another guy. You have Duran in center field. He's been very good, not great, but we'll take it. Verdugo on right. Yoshida in left. Why would you not trade him? You got two big bullets, and that's not even it. There's more. I could go down the list, but those are two big bullets. Why not cash him in? I actually I want to bring know what back I'm a
1: Rob Rob brought up a good point, and I remember him saying it in the offseason. and this is when you were uh, you wrote your article and we were talking a lot about would you extend Tristan Casas? And what you said was you at some point have to trust your development. you have to trust that your staff is going to get a guy there and you have to you have to take a risk trusting them. And I think it's the same thing here, Sammy. Is Meyer you 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 signed Trevor Story, you put a, you put a lot of chips in there and you believe that Marcelo Meyer is that guy? Then yeah. You, have to. you then have Nick to. York, I mean, the Nick York is exp- expendable. And it's yeah. the same thing. Do you trust that that you have developed Jaron Duran to be an everyday center fielder? Do you think he's the guy because if he is there's another one. He's, Rafaela, he's, he's
0: not. Even if Duran's not and you trade Rafael and you go, ah, oh, shit, I wish we had Rafaela. Sign a center fielder. You have plenty of money. You, you don't have that many holes to fill. There's there's issues here and there, but it's not like a year ago where we were like, oh my God, they have so much to do. It's a lot less than that. You can take risks. I would like to see, I appreciate what Bloom's doing. I see the vision. I think it's trending in the right way. A little slower too. than I'd like, but you got to cash in these chips at some point. The system's been rebuilt. For what? Use those chips. The clock yeah, is ticking. I mean,
2: I think I think that overall, their their obsession with depth, with with you know serviceable depth, and good players, hat, can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. And what they're lacking is, it, it, you know, I have not even think about some of these trades that some of these teams are making. And you're right about Nick York. I mean, this is. Because let's be honest,
0: fire right now. they
2: don't. I mean, this is another problem. People can scream and yell about the Red Sox farm system, how much better it is. And it is. I mean, it's deeper. They aren't having to sign independently guys to fill out rosters. Yeah, sure. But what you need to find is stars. Like, you need to find stars, and whether they're stars for you or perceived stars by other organizations to get the stars that you need. And there's not a lot of guys. I mean, we can scream and yell about Shane Drohan and and Nick York and and Saddam Raffaella and all these guys, but this isn't like trading like you know Zach Gallon for Jazz Chisholm.
0: Yeah. It's not. I mean, these are that's what I'm saying. You got two guys, in my opinion, in the system that you can identify as guys you think are gonna be stars. Marcelo Meyer, who's close and Blaze who just got hurt and he's a lot younger so he's kind of out of the picture right now. I just I don't understand why you don't cash in those chips to get a player like you're talking about Rob. That's exactly what they need to do. It's time. And and you talk about having depth in the minors. Well, Roman Anthony's tearing it up in single A. There you go. Rafaela's out. Switch him in. There you go. You have another guy because you have depth now. You the, can make Yeah, people. the the problem is the problem is is I just don't think
2: Rafaela as much as we scream screaming yell about like wanting to see him play. I don't think he has enough capital to get you the player that we're talking about. I mean, you're talking about, but that said, I have no problem, and they would never do this, ever. I have no problem packaging Raffaella and Nick York for a guy
0: that like, you think is going to be a star. Exactly. Wait, why would they not do that? Oh, that's a terrible – you saying that makes me very nervous because that seems like such a no-brainer right now.
2: Well, you because, again, there you have to show me – it's a very simplistic approach that we are seeing time and time and time again, as played off in dribs and drabs, and that is getting a lot of guys for the one guy. The we got Josh Winkowski for for Andrew Benintendi, and there's you guys saw that trade like it may. Oh my good! Wait! Oh, we not only get Franchi Cordero and Josh, Josh Winkowski, but wait, we got three other guys too. You know, and this is like the constant theme. And you'll eat the. It's cr- fine. You get Emmanuel Valdez, and you got William Abreu, who I think is pretty good too. Fine, that's great. Kudos to you. Flip them and get someone better than than Christian Vasquez.
0: Yes, and uh, yeah. If you you think about it, you need stars, man. You need stars. And Rob, if you said this to me last year, I'd say no. What does that do for them right now? They need depth. Now it's time. Do it. You have the depth. You're not the best system in the league, but like we've just said a million times, you have the depth. You have the means to make a trade like this. Why would you not do it? It's it's getting more and more frustrating.
2: And, and you know who? Not, you do, go ahead, Gordo. Sorry, it, go
1: ahead. It's not even like Sammy. You're, I assume the depth you're talking about is depth in the farm system, but yes. they have they have big league roster depth too. Like it's it's kind of hard to see right now with with a lot of the injuries they've had. But like just talking about the guys they got for Vasquez, that is big league depth right now, and a lot of that is expendable. And you could package that big league ready guys, which seems to be all the rage in in this league, is. Oh, big league ready guys! You know, full control. You know, sometimes they just need an opportunity for expended, extended extended at bats, and and they could become something. We have the Red Sox have tons of those guys, and and maybe maybe they're not gonna all project to be studs, but you know, all it takes is a team that that likes one or two of them. I just don't know what that collection of assets does if you hold on to it for what. Let's let's even assume you just or for the sake of you know this game. If they if they held on to all of these guys, all these depth pieces for two years, what's the, what's the vision there? Like unless you, like unless you're going to trade them, what is the vision with well, all, and, with and all the these other, guys? And
2: you, and you hit on this, Gordo. Is that these players might be good players coming up, but it's going to take them time. I mean, I think Tristan Cass is going to be fine, but it's going to take him time. Marcelo is going to take him time. You know, it's going to take Sidon Rafael time because what they should be doing, what should happen is what happened with the last iteration of the Red Sox getting the influx of young players. The Mookie Betts, the Ben the Devers, which was you had a core group of veterans who are really good around them. And right now, you don't have that. We're, We're looking at these guys and saying, you guys have to be the best players. Out of the gate, you have, you have to be the best players. And that's not really how this should work. It certainly shouldn't work that way in Boston.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought that was a big uh, a big thing I was worried about. I saw the projections with fans thought from Casas, who I love. I think Casas is going to have a very good career. But when I saw people going, I think you're going to get 25, 30 home runs yeah. from him. He's 23 years old. What do you expect? It takes time. And none of us, we're all educated baseball people. None of us had this team penciled in as a deep playoff run team. We all had him as a fringe playoff team. The people expecting these young kids to come in and make a difference immediately—you're—you're—you're you're, you're fooling yourself. Marcelo Meyer, different story. That's the cream of the crop. That's different. But Casas, um, you know, even when York comes up, Rafaela—they're going to have their struggles. Meyer might too. It's just—he will, dude. Look at look at his
1: first how, handful of games in Double A. He struggled like that. This is just what guys do. It's I feel I, yeah. I feel almost like. Guys like Ronald Acuna and like Ellie De La Cruz who who come up here and just light your pants on fire. It Like it ruins it for the rest of these guys because the way it always goes is fans go nuts when you've got a prospect who who's in double A AA or triple A. And, you know, it's like you, you got a struggling guy at X position. It's like, get this guy up here. Like, we've got a great prospect. Like, let's go, let's go. And then he comes up there and, you know, he hits like 200 for the first 10 games. It's like, what is he doing? Like, he, he sucks. He's done. He's a bust. It's just I mean, Bayo is,
2: ba- is best case scenario. Yes, like best case scenario. But the problem is, is that Brian Bayo shouldn't be perceived as the ace of the Red Sox right now, and that's just how it is. That's yeah. the reality of it. And um, if you know, if if everything that we're saying is misguided, and all of a sudden they sweep the Blue Jays and they go on their merry way, and and we all look like idiots. And you get to the end of um end of July and Chris Sale comes back, and who knows Tanner Howe comes back, and you have Bayo sitting there, and it's everything's exactly how you had dreamed. Super. But as we sit here right now at Canadian Day, Canada Day Crossword Crossroads, Fork in the Road, Canada. Day, I don't have a good term for hey, it. Crossroad. I'm trying to do the Canada Day thing um and crossroads slash fork in the road. But As we sit here on this day where we celebrate the great nation of Canada, it's you have Brian Bayo as the the not no question about it ace, and the you're hoping that Whitlock is good, you're hoping that Paxton holds up, and then everybody else, and Cutter Crawford has a good life on his fastball. So there you go, it's uh, a good
0: way to live. By the (laughs) way,
2: can I tell you a good Canada Day story? Yeah, please. So. Where where uh what was a year after Porcello? So Porcello was acquired so 2015. So I was doing the broadcast with Joe castiglione And for some reason, so it's Canada Day, so it's a day game. For some reason, John Henry's here And John Henry comes in the booth. I mean, think about things that would never happen now. But John Henry comes in the booth and then hey John, you want to come in the booth? And Almost never do you have a guy come in the booth in the first inning, but this was his availability. So John Henry comes in the booth and first inning, first half inning, Red Sox get up, goes by really, really, hey, John, can you stick around? Sure. Rick Porcello gave up like eight runs. And as that innings unfolding, it was the most awkward thing of all time. Joe C is like sweating bullets because we're trying to engage John Henry, and you he he's he's talking less and less and less to the point where he's just staring straight ahead at one point, and we actually it was probably early on in Porcello's outing, we said, oh yeah, so you you really liked uh this porcello Rick Porcello and, and it's like, yeah, we needed a pitcher like okay, we need to already John Henry's just saying, yeah, we needed a pitcher so we get this guy yeah. and then as it it, it was. Joe Castiglione was shell-shocked, shell-shocked. And so was John Henry, by the way. It was the most awkward half inning of my baseball existence. That's how I will always remember Canada Day. And by the way, the big takeaway from that was that John Henry was in the booth, which will never
0: happen. Yeah, that 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 in itself is the surprise of the story.
2: Yeah, I miss it. I
0: mean, that's well,
2: a whole other thing.
0: Baseball, baseball question for wait, Canada Day's tomorrow, correct? Or today, if you're listening, Friday, June thirtieth, correct? Yeah. Who has the advantage, the Blue Jays or James Paxton, who's
1: Canadian? Blue, the yeah. Blue Jays, because because he doesn't have the Blue Jays don't have the Red Sox offense on their side.
2: Yeah, but James yeah. Paxton has Canada on his side.
1: But the blue Jays have Cleveland Canada Vermont. on their side. I
2: feel like though I feel like that um that James Paxton has secretly uh become went from Canadian to a, a native of Vermont.
0: Yeah I see that picture all the time. I don't understand it but I love it. Oh no, you don't oh because <laughs> because when we're doing the podcast with them
2: we said, hey, listen, we want we'd like to get sponsored for our guests. What do you want to do? And you all oh, you have a maple leaf? i will tell you what, you'll be the maple syrup ambassador for Vermont. And so and so like so I said to him, Okay, now I want you to talk into the mic, give your pitch for the state of Vermont to be the maple syrup ambassador. So he's he's like,
0: Hello, Vermont. <laughs> oh, that, okay, okay. I, I I think I remember hearing that because I remember the "Hello Vermont" hello, hello, hello Vermont rings a hello, bell. Hello
2: Vermont. And by the way, the um oh I forget his name. I apologize to him. Uh, but he the the um secretary of agriculture for Vermont immediately jumped in. Said we would absolutely love to have James Paxton as our spokesperson. And then, of course, James Paxton referred us to the Scott Boris Corporation, so might, we might get bogged down a little bit.
0: Oh no! <laughs> Great. Dick Bermanke. Guy. Hey guys, before we go, I found the guy. Oh! Oh! Hey, okay. let's it's go a little out of the box. It's a little out of the box. I've been, I've been, I've been listening, but I've been researching while we're here. It is okay. <laughs> so things aren't going well with the Padres and our old friend Xander. It's not both okay. Xander. It's Is it Xander? It's not Xander. I, I hear Xander. No, no. There were rumblings. <laughs> there were rumblings in the offseason that the Red Sox were looking at this guy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Ha Sung Kim. The issue before. Few issues. Padres probably don't think they should sell, which, you know. They're eight and a half back. I they might get there. <laughs> hey. I I said I they not probably, today, though. I said they probably think they shouldn't sell because Maybe they not a billion dollars. Um, and the Red Sox would definitely be buying high on Kim because he's become an uh, uh, above-average league hitter. That was tough to get out. Above-average league hitter, and his defense is insane at multiple positions, and he's got really good vibes. So there you go. go the, problem,
2: the, pro- the problem with that, though, is that the whole idea was to give a team a major league piece that was going to help them win the pennant when make the playoffs do well in the playoffs for a guy who is like n- not necessarily helping them now. You know what I'm saying? So like so who, you who, now, who you who are you giving up for Kim? So who are you giving up?
0: Okay. For Kim <laughs> I would give up TK Roby. You can spin him. <laughs> no, no, I'm not giving up Roby. Um I'd give up some combination. Not all three of these guys, four of these guys. Could do um Three of these guys, let's see. Uh, Duran, sorry, Gordo. York, Rafaela. Some some combo of two of those guys. And then you can throw in Dahlbeck just for fun. He has really good power. There you go. 70-grade power.
1: Can you remind me? He remind me how many years. So I remember his contract was a whole pain in the ass in the
0: offseason, and no yeah. one quite knew. Do you, what was it, was he, I
1: think it might be this year and then two more.
0: That's perfectly it, it, fine. I give up friggin'. Everyone for that? No, I'm just kidding. But he's he's a great Here's player. Here's my issue, and and this is this is the issue. Just I.
1: What are really you put story? In that trade,
0: by the way. This year, yeah, I agree. Year, yeah, he, he's he's got this year, next year, mutual option. So probably two years. Uh, story. Right. Uh, Kim plays second base, shortstop, third. So wherever story's not, I would put Kim. Yeah.
2: So I'm saying you're gonna put a in the plate in that trade. In uh, that trade. You trade okay. for Kim. You put him at shortstop. Now, Story comes back. You move him over to second. Um, there you go. You have Kim and Story as your second base in shortstop, although, yeah. And then, you know, ride out
0: next year, see where Meyer lands. I don't so have a trade. problem with that. So here, here's, here's our trade. Hassan Kim to the Red Sox. Arroyo to be the immediate fill-in for the Padres. York. To be the next year or the year after guy for the Padres. So they don't feel like they have a huge hole at second base, and then maybe some filler if that's not enough. That's not bad. Uh, okay, so my biggest question is,
2: and since this is a team effort, I want your honest opinion. When I post this podcast, should the headline read, Can Young Young Kim save the Red Sox? question mark.
1: Did you say can Byung Young Kim save the? No, Red not Sox? Byung, Well, Byung Young Kim.
2: They, we've already <laughs> gone down that road mean. twenty years ago. What's, whatever. What is what's his name? Kim. Ah, awesome. Kim. Yeah, I say Byung Young Kim.
1: Sammy, here's here's my thought on that. Wait, you didn't answer my question. Okay.
2: Can I use as the headline of this podcast?
1: Yes. Yeah. Please do. Please do. By the way, how deep are we? How deep are we in right now?
2: It doesn't matter. It's just, it doesn't matter.
1: All right. Yes. You just
2: want to draw, it. you want to draw people in. Can go ha for Sung it. Kim, save the Red Sox? By the way, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a movie. Like all you need is a line
0: from a movie <laughs> for the title, for it. the headline. You the say it year. at the end. Yeah. And that's, by the way, Byung Hyung Kim, terrible memory for me. I was a little kid and I had a Shea Hillen brand jersey. And I remember my dad explaining that he was gone. And I, I, I was, I think I was. Crying in the bathtub, if I remember correctly. I was really sad. A little kid, I was like seven. You cried off. over Shay Hillenbrand? I cried over Shay because because my, <laughs> this is so <laughs> embarrassing. When I was a little kid, my babysitter, her name was Shay. So I always loved Shay Hillenbrand. I was like, oh, it's Shay. I love her. She's so nice. Same name as Shay Hillenbrand on the Red Sox. So when he got traded, I was like, why would you do that? He's my favorite player. <sighs>
2: You should you should read Chasing Steinbrenner that documents that trade in the 2003 Reds in season. There you go.
0: Ooh. You know, ooh,
2: you could get it for a dollar, maybe. You know, probably, he, uh, probably less.
0: Not a great trade for the Sox. I remember Byung Hyun Kim was very frustrated. Well, they
2: were, they were yeah, start her, they starter. They would not need him a closer. It's a whole thing. Believe me, I had to follow that team. That was Theo's first year.
0: Did he, yeah, flip off, did he flip bring... off the Red Sox fans, or was that yes. somewhere else? No, no, that was, that
2: was Red Sox. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, and I don't blame them. They probably, we probably deserved it. But I don't want to bring back these dark memories of being a little kid crying in the bathroom. That's, I
2: love the <laughs> fact that your Shea Hillenbrand was your favorite player because you're babysitter. That was great. let <laughs> <So, laughs> so, do I weird swear. things
0: like that, my, man. My, my father
2: <laughs> can't stand Jason Veritek. What? Beca- yeah, because <laughs> this is the most... <laughs> delusional. <laughs> My father can't stand Jason Veritek because we have a cabin in Maine. It's like this log cabin up in Freeport, and um, and so Scott Hatterberg basically stayed up there with Aaron Seeley. during. I think it was even like an All Star break. So Scott, I think I I knew Hatterberg. It was like, hey, you need to play. You want to go? So I hooked them up, and so they stayed at my parents' cabin, and they 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 left it really clean and left a super nice note for my parents. And automatically, my dad fell in love with Scott Hatterberg, he became his, instantly his favorite player. And he perceived Jason Veritek as taking playing a time away from Scott Hatterberg. So he immediately hated Scott, Jason Veritek. So there you go. This I
0: thought box. you were going to say he was like a big Heathcliff slocum guy.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. he's
0: uh, My babysitter's name was Heathcliff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Can you imagine
1: telling your kid that Heathcliff is coming over to babysit for uh, <laughs> <wonder>, a few <laughs> I hours.
0: I'm going to see if I can reach out to my old babysitter, Shay, and tell her. Can, I can you finish. get her on the next <laughs> Who Says No podcast? I I, I, have, I haven't. It's been a while.
2: <laughs> You're going to have to take care of the yellow. Gordo, Gordo uh, my condolences, by the way. The voting came out today. Durant didn't make it. Hey,
1: no, that's just the starters, Rob. We still have a shot. All right. Okay. Come on. Let the process play out. We have you, not so- are those play tickets
0: refundable? <laughs> I've got now some. You, you some, tell me you bought them. Some That's, bad news. What? I, I don't think Connor Wong's going to make it. The what? I don't, I don't think Connor Wong's going to be an all star. Oh, just, My private
2: jet. Oh, oh, the private jet. That was. I, I've, jet. I've
0: come to that conclusion just now today. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make it.
1: Well, it's only because of the bunt, though, Sammy. I mean, he was there. If he
0: hadn't bunted today, you never know.
1: The he- t-
2: two ironic things is number one, Connor Wong has had a couple really good bunts this year, and number two, Reese McGuire. This is where it really hurts him. Best bunter in the American League. Oh, yeah, just he's very good. He's the he's an awesome bunter. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry that neither one of you are probably going to go to Seattle unless you want him. So. If you want to pick another player, who, who, who do you want to pick? Go to the All-Star game. There's still time. Uh, Ronald I'll Acuna.
1: Take, I'll take Orlando Arcia.
2: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> let it be said, let name. it be done. What a pick. All right, we got to go. This is great job, guys. Excellent job.